This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Remember, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House. In Connecticut, so uh, remember that as we uh, get ready for round two of the draft. Um, I know everyone was excited that it was in Kansas City. They definitely drew a big crowd. I can live without all the presentation that the NFL thinks they need to do uh, on the draft. The draft is big enough and is anticipated enough and is coveted enough that just having the picks are enough. You don't need to put on a sideshow. They've turned the thing into a festival. I mean, it really is a little ridiculous, but that aside, um, were there surprises? I guess there's surprise that, uh, that Will Levis is on the board, especially since everybody, a lot of people. Now, Mr. T yesterday was very right about Houston. They did get uh, Anderson, which is what I thought they were after, but they also got the quarterback, which he said they would take. So they going and doing what they did and winding up with two and three is very rare and pretty dramatic and not bad. You know, if you really have a, a conviction, that's pretty well done. If they were a winning team, they would be lauded like crazy for doing that. No one's going to give them credit because of who they are. But the bottom line is that was a dramatic move that they pulled yesterday to go out and get two and then three. Uh, I don't remember seeing that before. And um, they wind up, the Colts do with Richardson, not Levis, leaves Levis on the board, and he winds up still being on the board as we start the second round. So everyone, when you start the second round, it's almost like the draft, the way they have it structured now. Instead of it starting right afterwards where no one has time, you now have so much time to prepare and also look at, hey, this guy is there. This is what you get a lot of in this draft, especially with the next five picks. This guy, I can't believe this guy is on the board. And then you see which team is going to trade up to get him. Is there somebody out there that wants a quarterback and is either going to go for uh, for Levis or go for Hooker at, at quarterback and say, hey, I can't believe the quarterback's still on the board. Boom, I'm going to make my move here. I'm going to make my trade here and move up. Steelers start the round at 32. Jets have 43. And you know that the player I touted, Mike Mayer, is still on the board. Now, why is he still on the board? He's on the board because the NFL is completely slaves to the triangle numbers. And I told you he did not run fast at the combine. He did not run fast. So when you don't run fast, they, you get a bad check mark. There's no question. That, that, that hurts you a lot. And 
what they don't realize is, and they ignore a lot of times, and they have many times. A couple of years ago, I was big on Cook. I told you I was banging the table for Cook, and Cook went all the way down to 40th and then turned out to be a, a star running back, and he's been a star his whole career. Um, Emmett Smith went late in the first round despite incredible productivity because they did not believe he had all the requisite athletic numbers that rang the bell. And you'll hear about Mayer, he's not an elite athlete. Nonsense. This guy is a three-down football player. I've watched him a lot. This guy is 6'4", 265. He's a terrific blocker. He's got great hands. He's a highly productive player. He makes great catches. He's going to be a red zone star. He fights for the ball. He's got personality. He's got everything. And he's highly productive and was at Notre Dame. Last two years, 137 catches and 16 touchdowns. This guy is a player. And I would think there's at least a couple teams, and I hope that the light goes on for the Jets and say, wow, this guy is still on the board. Because he is going to be a big-time player. I thought he might go to Buffalo. Now, they took Kincaid. Completely different tight end. He's a tight end that's almost like a wide receiver. He's a good pass catcher. I like Kincaid. He's productive. He had a good career. Uh, watched him. He was very impressive in the games I watched him. I saw him in, in, in big games. He was very good. I have no knock on him except he's not what the other guy is. The other guy can be a Bavaro-like player. He is a powerful, old-time tight end who blocks incredibly well at the point of attack and is big and strong and will catch everything. And I would hope the Jets would make a move here to get up and get him. I don't think he lasts till 43. If he does, he turns out to be a total steal. If they pass him, then I give up. I would think he's going off the board fast. I'm surprised he didn't go off the board. He was, I mean, he's right at the top of the list of the players you know, they had him where he could get picked any time after 20. He didn't go. It happens. Levis will go, you would think, fairly fast. I mean, you never know what quarterbacks. They can drop. But you figure you only need one guy who likes him, and that's it. You heard there were a lot of teams that liked him that wasn't true. Okay? And Richardson was the guy who wound up going high. As far as what the Jets and the Giants did, I can't knock their picks. I mean, listen, they got building block defensive players they're happy with. Okay, fine. That's not, there's no problem with that. I mean, you know, listen, they did their homework. They got the guy. So, you know, you get the idea the Jets would have taken a guy who was a, that they thought they could plug in on the offensive line of tackle and would have drafted him. They didn't have a guy available when they picked. Maybe the Steelers stole the last one for them. We, that was Brought up a lot. Who knows if it's true or not? We don't know for sure. There's a lot of talk that it was. Uh, I could understand them wanting to draft an offensive lineman. Um, they went and picked a defensive player. So be it. We move on. But I hope, I hope that the Jets wind up with Mike Mayer because I'd like to watch him play 
especially with an Aaron Rodgers, I think he would be sensational. Let's see what happens, okay, as we get ready uh, for round number two. As far as who did what in the draft and who did great in the draft, hey, it's all nonsense at this point. No one knows who did great in the draft. Let the players play. Evaluating drafts the day of the draft, you know, especially after we haven't even had the whole draft yet, is just ridiculous. Right? Oh, we'll give him an A, we'll give him a B. I mean, come on, please. I mean, you know what? Let the things sort themselves out, you know? Nobody knows if a player is right or wrong until he gets on the field. You can't, you can't tell me now anything's a bad pick. Everybody loves it. Everybody hugs in the war room when they make their pick. Every team is hugging everybody. You see that how many times? Everybody's high-fiving. They love their pick. Everybody loves their pick. Why would you pick them if you didn't love them? Now, you don't see them high-fiving a year later, but the bottom line is everybody's hugging uh, last night. That's the way it works. And guys slide and guys don't slide. And we see that happen all the time. And that's why there's steals late in the draft and in the middle of the draft. That's the way it works. A couple of things right here. Um, Ranges... Before we get to some emails, the Rangers, uh, this series has taken just a dramatic turn. And you have to give the Devils coaching staff great credit for making the change goalie and changing up what they're doing after game two. You get beat that way on your home ice in games one and two and then come back and win three games in a row. Very impressive. And the Rangers now, they are up against it. Everyone wants to compare it to, you know, the Rangers and their comebacks last year, except, you know, they didn't win the first two games on the road and then go home and lose two games and then lose game five. That's the Rangers now, you have to be worried about them attacking this goalie who has turned away almost everything they've shot at him. And, you know, Rangers have done nothing the last three games offensively, and they got a lot of work to do now. Now, the one thing that's a positive here is this home ice means nothing in this series. That has been shattered and shattered and shattered. So we know that the Devils can win at the Garden. We know the Rangers can win at the Prudential Center. We know that. That's already been proven in the series. There's no, you know, when you get those series where home ice or home court stands up every game, by the time you get to six and seven, it's pretty much there that it's going to stand up. And it usually stands up very strong in game seven when that happens. But that's not the case in this series. Home ice has been shattered and shattered and shattered and shattered. So there's no advantage here in either place. And I don't think one will now develop in game six. So what you have to do is basically find a way to get to game seven. But they have, a, they have a lot of momentum to turn around. And they better do it in a hurry. And it would be nice if they got the first goal in game six. Because otherwise, boy, the devils who are right now, they are... Very much on a roll in this series after a very, very rocky first two games. 
and it's going to be interesting to see. And I, I'm sure Ranger fans are just stunned with what's happened in the series. Doesn't mean you give up. You don't give up. Of course, you don't give up. I mean, it's Game Six. You don't give up then. Game Six. You've already won a couple times in the series. So you know, you you know, you believe in your heart. You can win, but you got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do for this season, not to end. You know, that's all there is to it. Um, the Knicks and the Heat, I will do a preview that'll be up either late tomorrow or early Sunday morning. The thing that jumps out is how do you contain the absolute extraordinary play of Butler? And it's a it's a fascinating matchup because you know the Knicks, especially with Grimes hurt. You know the Knicks are going to put are going to put heart on Butler, and they're both going to play very major minutes. And the advantage for Hart is he doesn't have to score. But the question is, can he just? You know, no one's going to hold Butler to a couple of points, but the question is, can he keep him from getting 40 and getting 50 as he did in the Milwaukee series and just completely taking over the game and completely taking command of the series as he did in an extraordinary fashion? Jimmy Butler is a tremendous playoff player. He is an absolute force. And... It's going to be fascinating to see. Hart is a perfect matchup as far as going after him defensively. Let's see how it works out. Let's see how much that works out. Let's see if they try to play him straight up, which I would in the beginning. Until it doesn't work, I would absolutely let Hart play him and see where that takes you. And, and make sure you handle the heat on the three line everywhere else because they can hurt you on that three line. And if you have to do different things to get the ball, obviously down the stretch, you've going to, all logic is you're going to do whatever you can to make sure Butler doesn't beat you. Make somebody else beat you. That's number one when you're playing against the Heat. Uh, Knicks have a great chance to win the series. Even with the amazing presence of Jimmy Butler, and uh, it's going to be a really fun series. The old, you know, it brings you back to days gone by, the Knicks and the Heat. And it seems whenever the Knicks and the Heat play, it's a really good matchup. It's a juicy matchup, and I think this one is too. I really do because I know. The Heat were an inch, you know, were, were, were basically a possession away from not even making the, you know, the dance. But they're here, and then they just pulled off a big upset. One of the bigger upsets in basketball history. That makes them a very live dog. And you have to respect who they are. You have to respect what Spolster is. So from that standpoint, you don't ever look past the Heat. They're, they are a formidable opponent. But I think the Knicks have a great chance to win the series. I think they will win the series. And 
the thought of the Knicks playing in round three. Hey, that's a, that's a lot to wrap your thoughts around. Emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Remember to uh, send your emails to Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. We'll get to as many as we can. Stanton is now, I mean, excuse me, uh, Judge is now hurt. We don't know the extent. Sounds like he will miss the weekend series. How much past that? We're just not sure yet. But. Uh, looks like he will be on the shelf at least for the next couple of days, at least. So let's see where we are when they've had a little time to examine things and, you know, let a little time pass and see where we are. All right, Keith in Westchester starts us off. Now the Jets have Rodgers as their starter. Uh, Do they need to consider someone other than Zach Wilson as the backup quarterback? Um, I wouldn't be comfortable with Wilson being the backup quarterback. Uh, I, everybody's going to carry a third quarterback in the franchise anyway, um, so I don't have a problem keeping Wilson, but I would have another backup, yes. Uh, but let's be honest. Jets aren't thinking anything about anybody but Aaron Rodgers calling signals. Richard in Pennsylvania, with Cohen's pockets, do you see any way that Atani is not a future Met? Yeah, I do, because uh, I think there's a chance he may not want to play on the East Coast. He did not want to play on the East Coast in the past. And unless the money is significantly different than what he gets from a West Coast bidder, um, I don't know that he won't stay on the West Coast. So I don't think it's automatic that he leaves the West Coast. Um, I think it depends on how much past the highest West Coast offer the Mets are willing to go. If Cohen is willing to really make it obscene, they'll probably get him. I would think he, he will outbid everybody, but it might be more than just outbidding. You might have to outbid by quite a number. Uh, I know you don't watch hockey outside of the playoffs. Not much, I have to admit, but I love watching the playoffs. But even though the Rangers uh, has been solved, those potentially two playoff series losses equal losing a job. Um, I'm not saying that I would make a change. Uh, they performed well in the playoffs last year. Uh, things were looking good early in this series. Uh, this series, I think, would be very hard for them to take after winning the first two games the way they did. I think it would be a stunning defeat. I think they, in their, I think everybody thought that they were just in an overwhelming uh, position. Why wouldn't you? Winning the first two games on the road and then going home um, and winning the way they did. Uh, I don't. I don't think automatically they would make a change, though. No. I, I agree. You need some stability. You can't keep changing coaches. So I, 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 would, I would not think that is in the offing. Um, Pete in Connecticut. Alonzo looks like a man on a mission after what Judge did to take the spotlight last season. Does being a Met hurt his stardom in New York? Absolutely not. I don't think that matters in the least. Now, is there something about being the star of the Yankees? Yes. Are the Yankees the biggest uh, franchise in baseball? Yes. 
Uh, they will always be that. But there is plenty of room. I mean, you couldn't have been a bigger star than Mike Piazza in this town. Uh, and Alonzo, if he continues to hit home runs the way he is and uh, drive in meaningful runs the way he is, don't worry. There's plenty of room for him to be a major, major, major force in this town. I don't think there's any question. Now, Judge is there. He's earned that. But I don't think there's any question that Alonzo will uh, be a very, very prominent person in, in the galaxy in New York. I don't think, I, I don't think it met, hurts him at all. John in Jersey, does winning the first series against the Cavs and having Brunson locked up uh, quickly and RJ still growing make the Knicks a real contender? The Knicks are close enough now where if, and I've said it before, if they could exchange Randall for a different player of magnitude. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of the team pieces I like. Randall isn't one of them. He never has been. Um, people were really ready to jump ship on Barrett. He played very, very meaningful basketball the last couple of games in the Cleveland series. Uh, that was a very good performance on his part. They now have, with what they're getting from Brunson in terms of leadership and play on the court, what they're getting from Hart, who is a very important Nick, but also what they're getting from Barrett, what they're getting from Robinson. Robinson's performance has been superb, and the last game might have been the best game he's ever played. And both ends of the floor, his defense, his ability to change shots and protect the rim, his rebounding on both rims, um, just his play has been superb. They're having the role players that they have now and adding in, you know, adding in Grimes and even getting play at a Hartstein and, and, and uh, Toppin. Yes, you like a lot where they're headed right now. They are still missing that second piece, that other piece to go with Brunson. And you'd like the guy to be equal to or a little better than Brunson, but because Brunson's not a superstar. He is a star. He is not a superstar. There's a difference. He, I love him as a player, and I wanted him here, and you know how much I've been a, uh, you know, in, in his corner. But he is a very important player and a winning player. But if you could have a guy as good or better, then you're, in, you're really in business. Randall's not the guy. We know that. But, yes, they have now something to build on. And a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals would really set them up well. It really would. So this second series really is very important for them in terms of where they're headed and in terms on their ability to build and attract. 
you know, because, hey, everyone has to like what they see. And this team changed. Brunson set the team in the right direction. But Hart changed who they were. That's how important he has been. He was the catalyst that changed things on both ends of the floor and gave them a temperament and gave them a toughness and gave them an edge that they did not have. He is a very important player. Cannot overrate how important he is to the team. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.